Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and, and everyone, everyone who, who loves, loves words. So today, we are talking about why we as humans tell stories and kind of the importance of stories to human life and society. So I thought it would be interesting to start with a quote that Yay. Um, this is from uh, Wired for Story by Lisa Crone. Have you read this one yet, Laura? I haven't, but okay, I'm familiar I, with it. I highly, highly recommend this. I'm, I'm not quite done yeah. with it. I've been reading it really slowly, but it is definitely in my top three craft books and it is competing with James Scott Bell's Conflict wow. and Suspense, which wow. knows me knows how much I love that book. So yeah, that says a lot. Um, it's really, really fabulous. But there's a quote in it that she's actually quoting Michael Gazzaniga, a neuroscientist. I can't say mm. his last name. Um, that I thought it would be interesting to start with. Basically, the brain never does anything it doesn't have to do. The mm. fact that there seems to be a reward system that allows us to enjoy good fiction implies that there is a benefit to the fictional experience. So yes. that's... I, I thought that was an interesting like way of getting at it instead of like, oh, we'll just be like fiction. <laughs> like there's clearly a reason and benefit. And that's what we're going to talk about today is kind of some of that reason and benefit for, for fiction. Absolutely. Connected with that. The definitions for story are really funny because some mm -hmm. of them are very much like it's for entertainment. It is telling, you know, things that aren't true. It's telling like someone's life. It's mm -hmm. telling the evolution of a thing but many of them come back to this idea of it's something that we tell for amusement education but also kind of the emotional side of that mm -hmm. the it is rewarding yeah. I, I we've if you even go through our past conversations we talk about what stories make us feel what stories do and how that kind of affects our chemistry in many yeah. ways. Like we don't say it that way, but it really does. Yeah. And when you look at the psychology of storytelling, it does have an impact on what chemicals in our body are released. And mm -hmm. so that's how we feel a thing. Yeah. When you have a thriller that like makes you go, ah, like that is a feeling that is created by what the story is doing to us physiologically. When you have a love story that makes you feel a warm, cozy, maybe even bonded to the characters, it's all those endorphins. It's work, <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's actually a really great. I I love TED Talks, so I'm sorry. I'm going <laughs> to bring up a TED Talk that does this really well. It actually shares little micro stories like this. This presenter who is actually doing it from a business perspective, which I hmm. find interesting. Yeah. He's coming at it from stories actually can connect you more with products. Yeah. But it doesn't matter what his thrust of the talk is. It's still true. And he tells little micro stories. One is a cliffhanger. One is, it is a heartfelt one that's meant to move you emotionally, to connect and bond you to him and his story. One that kind of does the little, ah! Um, and it's, and one that 
kind of brings about this feeling of elation, Mm -hmm. but he ties it back into all of those. What is the body doing? Like, Mm -hmm. what does it make you feel and why and how? Um, And I'll put it in the notes. It's, it's called um, the magical science of storytelling and it's by Mm -hmm. David J.P. Phillips. And I think reminding ourselves that we may feel something, but there's like that physiological side, the psychology of the why, something does something to us why does it bond us to certain character and we stick with it and why do other ones kind of just go and get parsed out with everything else yeah i love that coming at it from a business perspective i've been looking at a lot of like book marketing Mm. stuff lately and it's been fascinating like one of the pieces of advice that i've come across that's a little more obscure that i feel like it makes so much more sense um has to do not with just like being on social media or putting out ads or whatever the like logistics of it is, but has to do with like when you are marketing your work, tap into an emotion and not just like, here's what my book's about or here's what the story is. And so, and even for myself as a reader, like I am totally prone, more prone to read a book because I saw some reel that was essentially like a micro story, like a scene and I felt something in it. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go read that. Or like a quote that made me feel something is so much more effective than just, yeah, like here's the book or a cover reveal or I don't, you know, like things like that don't tap into emotions. Absolutely. Well, and I I think understanding that we hear stories so often Mm. that often a plot will not be what drags you in like it's the understanding that oh this is this type of story and Mm. and even I think tapping into like what connects you with someone else what connects you with someone else's story and I know that for me when I pick up a book and I can connect with something I am probably much more likely to enjoy it be more connected with it when there's an element that is a way in to the story well and if you can get people to feel what you want them to feel in your book in your marketing pitch then that's you know like that's magic (laughs) and that's what what we do as writers right we make people feel things and um or you know often what we're trying to do at least and if we can do that in our marketing too like it goes a long way it was kind of interesting to me Well, and with that business side, I I don't know if you've noticed this too, many authors have actually written things specifically for business. And I, it goes, it goes both ways. Like the things that we know are useful on the business side, but the things that businesses know are useful on our side, the marketing side, going in and actually connecting with how they get the flavor of their brand. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about color psychology before we've talked about all the other things that kind of give you a flavor of the thing, like a little, those little taglines, those little, like even the cover can potentially give you the feel, the flavor, something to hold onto the hook. There's so much in there that it's like, I think sometimes we get so like, this has to be drilled down and you don't realize that it's like, give them something to hold on to. It doesn't, something to you're not putting your entire story there. <laughs> Literally, you want them to read the entire story. Like, that's what that hook, that blurb is in there for, is to get them a little taste of what you're trying to put in there. 
And then from the second they open it, try to try to do that as much as you can dig in with that of the little like things that you can get someone to feel something about what you're doing and not from an inauthentic place, but from a, this, this is the story. This is what I'm trying to create type of way. Yeah. Well, I think it's amazing that like, because we get to, because stories can make us feel things, we get to feel things and experience things that we don't have to experience in real life. Absolutely. And we get to then learn from that and have that. Um, and and I don't mean like learn a lesson from it necessarily, but we get to yeah. learn from the experience of that feeling and process like, okay, well, what would I do in that situation? And so I think it's fascinating, like in Wired for Story, she talks a little bit also about mm-hmm. kind of this idea of where did this start and sort of this like evolution of stories and essentially how yeah. like, we needed stories, right? Like we didn't have time. The brain doesn't have the capacity to experience everything personally. Um, and so yes. in order to protect yourself from that <laughs> tiger or whatever, yes. you have to hear someone else tell that story of how they did mm-hmm. it. And so then you can, you know, like, and even today, like there's still so much that we don't, we can't experience at all. And yet through yes. story, we get to experience so much more than we're capable of on our own. And that, I think it does something to broaden our, our viewpoint, broaden our brain chemistry like just make us more full and rich and more well-rounded people yeah more aware of just all the different experiences in the world yes well and there's another ted talk where someone was they said something similar to that but they were talking about rehearsing fear Mm -hmm. and i would take that farther that it's rehearsing life yeah yeah we rehearse a life that we actually haven't lived and I, I, love that. I love that element of it could make us braver, more empathetic, more mm-hmm. able to step into someone else's shoes or to experience an experience that we might not go out and experience. Maybe yeah. we're not going to go skydiving. Maybe we're <laughs> not going to go and like swim with sharks, but it could help us experience some of those things that are scary. And the world has lots of things to be afraid of. Yes. But it allows us to kind of experience them by modeling, by watching, by being in the skin of that character and kind of asking ourselves, what would I do in this situation? Or yeah. how has this been similar to something that I've been through? Right. And and psychology even shows that from a brain chemistry perspective, mm-hmm. the closer we are to a character, like that we feel connected to a character, the more our brain kind of experiences that experience that they're going through on the page more directly and in the same way someone going through it would Hmm. I love that phrase rehearsing fear like that's really interesting to me something I've been thinking about because you know I think things is like it's been fascinating to me to see it feels like and I could be wrong on this but it feels like two particular types of stories have been very popular coming out of COVID and kind of the last Mm -hmm. few years and one is the like super fluffy, light, like comedic, not not too um deep, like things that are that don't, you know, that don't have a third act breakup and like romance or that are just kind of like happy. <laughs> They're fluffy. Yeah. Seem really popular. But also yeah. there's been this huge wave of popularity in like things that are really the opposite, things that are really dark yeah. in like dark romance, dark 
even horror and other things like that. And it, it's been fascinating to me because I would think that we were kind of tapped at like the fluffy stuff makes sense to me. Like we, we want an escape. Okay. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> Cozy. Um, yep. But I've been like running this question in my head. Like why is like yes. dark romance so popular right now? Why are these like, and I think that you just hit on it for me. Like it's rehearsing fear. So, cause like we, Yes. We want to know how to deal with that fear. <laughs> and yes. can we overcome that fear? <laughs> and wow, the world has a lot of fear in it. We just went through that. And it so like, what else is there to fear? And how can I get better at dealing with that fear? Yes. And I wonder if that's some aspect of why those types of stories are kind of on the upsurge also. I I wouldn't be surprised. I think even for myself, there's probably some darker stories that I've actually engaged with. Yeah, me too. I've read a lot deeply. more things that are closer to horror yeah. than I have in any other season of my life. <laughs> Absolutely. And I do think that there's some of that, that you're, yeah. you get to the end and you're like, if they could go through that and that they had these tools, it, it does kind of help you. And even if they yeah. make mistakes, that helps you learn too. And well, even think on like a physiological yeah. level, like yes. having like your heart rate go up and you get that like panic yes. feeling and, and then you get to the end and it's like this release of endorphins of like, yes. okay. um, yes. and that bodily feeling, I think having a practice for like raising that blood pressure or whatever, and then like yes. letting it drop almost feels like practice too. Well, so. and it almost feels like therapy because, yeah. you know, there's, there's like, immersion therapy when you have a fear and you mm -hmm. kind of are like flooded with it and all of a sudden yeah. then you feel like oh okay I can go through this or yeah. that slow stepping through of like that yeah. step up therapy where it's like closer and closer and closer and closer to the thing that really scares you until you can get it to mm -hmm. that point that you can face it. Yeah. And, and in a story, you also always have control because you can set it down and you walk absolutely. away from it. And that's kind of empowering too, to like yes. be able to feel that fear while also having some control over it. Absolutely. And I love that you use the word control because I think that that is absolutely how these kind of, even if we look at it as a therapeutic type of exercise, we feel like we have some control over it. Mm -hmm. Like the world feels like we have we no don't control, have any control it, if yeah. we're honest. And yet when we do this kind of rehearsing fear, when we do this engaging with something, we have absolute control. We can mm -hmm. choose where we are emotionally and say, mm -hmm. okay. And when we talk about emotional readers, which we both are, mm -hmm. that even for myself, I just got through finishing writing a project and I'm like, I am not ready for a thriller right now. Like I do not want that. I want something that kind of does make me feel a little cozy and safe yeah. and warm and snug. And then recognizing in a couple of weeks when we get closer to Halloween that I probably will be <laughs> in a safer place and able to engage with those thrillers that, that kind of do help remind you while you're alive that yeah. do kind of, help remind you that in even in some ways that as you go through that process that I didn't go through that I, I wasn't mm -hmm. chased by giant bloodthirsty <laughs> vampires I was not like going you know there was not a killer on the loose and I do think that that's a great reminder of why we engage with horror since this is uh -huh. October um spooky season I think can really bring up those things of like that yeah. oh, I'm alive. Like yes. that, that release, <laughs> that cathartic after that 
scary, scary experience, whatever totally. it is. It's funny because my mom and I are big fans of um, Kenneth Branagh's kind of, he does right now Perot mysteries. He's done Death on the Nile. He's done Murder on the Orient Express. Uh-huh. He just did one on a haunting. It's it's from the Halloween party. It's an Agatha Christie, but it's called A Haunting in Venice. Hmm. And I think that's why we watch mysteries as well like not just for the puzzle but also the especially ones of this type because it is kind of more on the supernatural and spooky and you're not sure if there's something going on that's kind of metaphysical Uh and outside the realm of the real and it it was wonderful to sit through you know because of that that uncertainty that they filmed it and didn't tell the actors some of what they were going to do with like effects. (laughs) And so there are things that happened, like something fell and like, and I'm like, that's a crazy way to like, you wonder if any of the actors need therapy after it. (laughs) But but I think that's a beautiful way of kind of creating something is it gives you that same level of uncertainty that the watcher will have of the like, like that, that just happened or that just (laughs) appeared in the frame. Um, And I, I do think that there's something there that's really, about that not knowing but knowing that I if it becomes too much I can turn it off I can yeah. walk out of the theater yeah. I can disengage if I need to which is powerful it yeah is. well Absolutely. um these are just a few of the reasons that stories are significant and important and um valuable for our our lives and our brain chemistry so yes. keep reading stories um all kinds of stories exploring them and keep writing stories and putting them out into the world and putting your voice out into the world because the world needs it. We need our stories. 